but it's, it's almost like the analogy of a cocktail you sort of in, in in order to make a nice cocktail you have to have the right ingredients and in order to have a good well-functioning body you have to have the right ingredients so the right ingredients like i keep going back to does say good sleep good nutrition structured exercise <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to HPG the podcast. I'm Hayley Webb, Marketing and Brand Manager at Healthcare Professionals Group, and I'm here today with musculoskeletal physiotherapist Evan Scanlon, and we're going to discuss how you can make sure you're not physically locking down in a lockdown, and why, from a physiological point of view, everyone needs to keep moving. Thanks for joining us, Evan, and taking the time. Now, for our audience, could you first give us a rundown of who you are and what a musculoskeletal physiotherapist specialises in? Yep. Uh, so my name's Evan Scanlon. I'm a titled musculoskeletal physio working in Bondi at the moment. Uh, titled musculoskeletal physio just me is a fancy way of saying that uh, I'm a physio who treats uh, any condition of the musculoskeletal system. So that can range from jaw pain to shoulder pain, neck pain headaches and some even sometimes dizziness and vertigo so all sorts of presentations thank you now as we sit here today an unprecedented amount of people have made a significant change in their daily lives from working in an office to working from home every workday now this will obviously have a significant impact on daily routines specifically a lack of in movement so I'd like to explore how people can understand some of these impacts that this change in routine can have on their body. Yeah, so I guess um, it is an interesting time for me as a physio to sort of see what uh, presentations are, are coming into the clinic. And I think we need to look sort of at the, the bigger picture from outside of the, the physical presentations to people. And that is to acknowledge that everybody's had a massive change or fluctuation in their in their whole entire lives and that can vary from their financial situation to the holidays that they had planned to the goals that they set um, and not only then to their to their work situation so as a result of that there will be sort of changes to how well somebody might might sleep how well somebody might look after their diet how motivated they might be to exercise so not only is it a lack of movement but it's also the multifactorial effect of of the the whole change and how that can impact the musculoskeletal system wow so it really does go a lot deeper than just neck and back pain yeah exactly yeah oftentimes patients ask me you know like how could this how could this have happened you know my, my desk is set up from home i'm working in the you know i've been really diligent about getting my desk set up similar to what i had at, at work and i kind of let the patient sort of like try and explore with the patient that it might not necessarily just be the actual physical load that's in your body at the moment. There could be other factors related to, like I said, I'll ask them about their quality of sleep, the amount of sleep they're getting. I'll ask them about their social situation. How, how is their relationship with their, with their wife or their girlfriend right now? Or even their kids. Are they teach, trying to teach their kids at home as well as you know do work-related tasks? So a lot of people are trying to adapt to these changes. And those changes can have an impact on their on their injuries so i kind of just like to really kind of delve deep and tap into what might be uh, contributing to the pain so there's much more we need to be conscious of really thinking a more holistic view of the mind and body yeah yeah it's kind of like you kind of say that you 
and you need to have in order to, it's almost like the analogy of a cocktail you sort of in, in in order to make a nice cocktail you have to have the right ingredients and in order to have a good well-functioning body you have to have the right ingredients so the right ingredients like us keep going back to does say good sleep good nutrition structured exercise uh trying to almost get up at the same time go to bed at the same time as you did when you were working naturally we might spend a little bit longer in bed maybe we start working from our couch all of these sort of things can have an impact because the patient is has changed their their routine they're doing something different and while your body likes to do something different in that process of adapting to it it might have a niggle or two if that makes sense definitely makes sense I really enjoyed that analogy of the cocktail. I think it, that's something people can really relate to. Yeah. It's not just one thing that can contribute to changes in our body. It's really about taking that step back and analysing your, your whole yeah. day. Yeah, and a big thing as well, and a big thing I'm seeing, unfortunately, is the the psychological triggers to, to physical pain. So people are a bit more anxious. People are a bit more worried. People are kind of going around a bit more tense about the future and uh, unfortunately that can manifest to increased muscle tension which can uh, unfortunately lead to a creak in the neck or, or a back that that goes out you know a patient will say to me oh I just bent over um, I'm never going to bend over like that ever again but it's like well it wasn't really the bending over because you've done that thousands of times in your life so it's not that necessarily that that movement is dangerous for you it's what's happened in the four or five days leading to that uh, time when you bent over to pick something up yeah yeah so it's a bigger picture big time yeah yeah and that's kind of the that's kind of the the kick i get out of it is is sort of trying to explore that you know if it was always just a i bent over and pick something up <laughs> and i went through the technique of bending over and pick something up i think i get fairly bored of it so it is good to highlight to a patient that maybe it's it's the other cocktail of factors like i said that that we're off just to reiterate for the audience what would be your few tips that people need to think about from the setup of their desk to how much movement they should do in their day? Yeah, like I think people are kind of a little bit disappointed when I don't really give them strict um, guidelines on, on their setup. Some people like to have strict guidelines on their setup. I think um, the evidence would suggest that um, having this proper, correct desk setup uh, doesn't actually really prevent musculoskeletal injuries. Uh, the key thing is that there's not necessarily such thing as the perfect setup. It's the time you s spend in the one position that can cause pain and discomfort. For example, if I spend the majority of my time in a slouch position, sure, that sustained posture might cause some sensitivity in my lower back or my shoulder or my, or my neck. But it's the same goes true if I have a patient who's, say, a ballet dancer all their life, and then all of a sudden they sit in this perfectly erect posture. There's consequences to that too because they're they're holding their their tissue in such uh, an erect position that they're actually going to get painful as well. So the key is is that your next posture is your best posture. So they trying to change uh, your position and that could be anything from from changing your the the position that you that you work from. So you might work from a little bit from the from from say your your kitchen table for twenty minutes and. You might move to your your original desk setup for for the next hour but then also you're taking regular breaks you're going for walks you're doing your your instagram home workouts uh, you're getting up for phone calls talking to your friends um, and sort of just engaging in meaningful activities throughout the day that's kind of the key thing 
Okay, wow, that really hit home with me because you are told, you know, make sure your desk is set up properly and that seemed like the most important thing, working from home, but you'd actually encourage taking your laptop outside or moving position just to get a little bit more variety of movement in your day. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously you have to apply a tiny little bit of common sense. So, you know, people say, oh, does that mean I can work from my couch? Not necessarily, because if you're on the, on the couch, it doesn't really give you much of a motivation to get off the couch, you know? So the fact is, is that you spend a little bit longer on the couch, and that's what's leading to the issue. The same goes true if you, if you start working from the bed. Likelihood is you're not going to get off the bed for, for a while, but if you're sitting on something relatively comfortable but not too comfortable, you'll probably get up and move and try and move around. So that's why the, the desk setup is, uh, is not as crucial as it, as it should be, if that makes sense. Yeah, I had a little think about my day because I felt like I was sat down more and I was wondering why, why is this different just because I'm working from home? But when I actually had to think about it, I realised I'm not getting up to talk to people instead of yeah. sending an email or I'm not getting enough maybe to get water. So yeah. so not finding enough maybe excuses in the day get to up get up and move. move. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not really, there's not many wrong positions. It's just that right now your body's trying to adapt to unfamiliar positions so you might have a little bit of discomfort because your chair isn't as high as it was previously or the desk is a little bit lower than it was previously um but your body's really good at adapting to that so in the interim to adapting to that just get up and move around a little so it really is about being generally mindful of your whole day just being mindful about your whole day putting a bit of structure on it so like trying to kind of mimic to like your routine that you are that you did in in work you know and I, like when i say that goes for the, the time you wake up the time you start working you know if you if you have a coffee and you walk around with your friends maybe have a coffee and walk around the block you know it, it, rather than just shuffling from the bed straight into a, a zoom meeting for an hour and a half and you and then having your your morning coffee after that or something you know so you, you, the key is to try and try and put a bit of structure on on the on the routine similar to what you had before so from what I'm hearing, there are two camps of people at the moment. Those who have become more active and really using the opportunity to do more exercise and, and get outdoors. And then there are others that as a result of the lockdown are moving significantly less. You know, perhaps they no longer have a commute to work with maybe a 10 minute walk to the train station, which they think won't make a difference in the grand scheme of things. But the reality is we don't know how long we could be in this position for. Um, so for those who are moving less or maybe thinking this is a little a bit of a holiday period from the gym or maybe resting up a little bit too much, what would be your advice to help them make that choice to be more active in their day? Yeah, I think uh, this probably sounds this probably sounds like something that I, um, is a bit left field, but I probably empathize with the people who are a little bit less active, you know, because I think we have to acknowledge that it's great if you're still motivated and you're just sort of, diligently bursting through this global pandemic and it's not going to affect you whatsoever and you're just as disciplined and you're just as motivated i tap you on the back but for the majority of people they're a little bit off and i even read a you know some good stuff because a lot of patients their compliance and their with their exercise has dropped off a little so it's like oh, well, i'll have a look at this and you know there's some interesting stuff that a lot of people are sort of grieving they're in a state of grief as in they've they've lost things maybe financially or or or, or even their holidays or their wedding plans etc and they need a little bit of time to actually adapt to that so i empathize with those who are a little less active 
uh, we're kind of three or four weeks into the pandemic so I think things will start to, to change a little bit where those certain people might start to get a bit more motivation and a bit more um, excitement about getting out but I would say just start simply and just start with what you would kind of not necessarily thinking about going for the most intense jog of your life but even just getting out with friends going to the park throwing a frisbee with your with your with your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or, or whichever that's sort of what I think people will will start to slowly do and how about those who have the greatest intentions because they've suddenly found four extra hours within their day so the goals um, have maybe even gone through the roof you know uh, they're going to train for a marathon and or become a yoga expert um what I've noticed is they, they seem to be the ones who tend to drop off fairly quickly uh, too because perhaps they've maybe put a little bit too much pressure on themselves. So how can people find more of a balance? Uh, I mean, I'd probably go, I would say do whatever you think you're going to enjoy doing. I know that sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but it is an opportunity. If, if you had goals to do half marathons or to do swims and those goals have been cancelled, and you kind of had a lot of pressure on yourself to achieve those goals. Now's an opportunity where you can kind of say yes to the opportunity of trying a yoga class that you've never done or, or playing a game of tennis with a friend that you've never played before. And, and just think about trying maybe to do something new um, or to, to do something that you, in, that you enjoy. Oh, I really enjoyed the idea, actually, that we can try something new. It's the opportunity to do that. And, and the beauty is that we are at home. So... No one is watching, so we really can look a little bit silly, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think uh, there's a there's amplitude enough home workouts now that around um, around Instagram and stuff like that that people are taking taking advantage of. But uh, I think it's just going to start with with sort of what you feel is the the appropriate thing to do, and I would say my, mostly people are going to try a little bit of walking or some running and um, taking advantage of, of, of the middle of the day where they might have their lunch break to, to get outside. It's been a weird transition. I've realised that I can sit all day on video calls because everyone is on the hype of video calling and Zoom. But when you think about it after, you realise I really didn't need to do that on video. I didn't need to be face-to-face for that one. I could have I could have just phoned them. So since then, I've been really trying to do more calls back on the phone and and what that gives me the opportunity to do is walk around the block and it's it's actually really adding to my to my daily steps I see what you mean there so so taking advantage of maybe being aware of opportunities that you can move and and use exercise yeah. indirectly throughout your day yeah i get you there yeah so carrying on from there if you were going to predict what you'd see presenting in your clinic in the coming months what would they be um I think what I will see, um, if we take from an activity perspective, I think what we'll see is we'll see patients who um, perhaps ha- don't have a lot of access or imagination towards what they can do from an exercise perspective. So they'll stick to something similar to the same exercise or something um, routine, like something. They'll stick basically to the same exercise. That's essentially it, really. So, for example, somebody might decide themselves, okay, I'm going to start ta- start taking up running because the gyms are closed. He more than likely will start to get really into running. Um, depending on how he runs, how well he runs, how much he runs, and what sort of shoes he wears, uh, and on what surface he runs, he could run into something like a stress fracture because he's just done too much of it. We'll then have a similar patient, maybe I predict is going to be a... Uh, 
a hypermobile, flexible female who's going to say, well, do you know what? This is my time to become the best yoga uh, instructor or, or, or get really good at my yoga. So I'm going to do it four or five times a week. And unfortunately, the consistency and frequency around that, they're going to push their joints beyond the physical physiological limit that they're going to tolerate and they're going to get sore, whether that's in their hip or their back. So I think movement variability is really important. And, and um, I predict I will see lots of injuries towards those who have just stuck with the same sort of activity and you know and then i think the ones who will do well are the ones who were like i said they were maybe going for a game of tennis maybe then they tried a yoga session maybe then they did an instagram workout with their with their partner and then the next day they went for a walk just those who are just kind of doing something moderate at a moderate intensity and different i would say they're going to do well so again it really is a case of trying to listen to your body and what it's presenting to you and and thinking, okay, what have I been doing in the last couple of days? Yeah, yeah, like it's it's it is good to keep a keeping like not necessarily a a exercise diary, but something along the lines where you can reflect back and and think about um what you actually have done because even those who you know it, even I have to get it out of the ones with stress fractures in in their ankle, you know, and it's like they they can't you know they're trying to join the dots. How how could how could the last 24 days of running uh, cause this? And I wasn't a runner before. I'm like, well, you just answered your own question, you know? Yeah. Uh, and this is what I'm going to see because we've already seen it. Um, and so we're only three weeks in. Yeah. And we've seen the, the people who are really flexible, who are then doing flexible sort of base activities like yoga, and they're getting injured. Then, unfortunately, there's going to be the other, the other uh, group of patients who I think are who are going to present with more like acute pain that's going to settle really quickly but it's as a result of like ones who might have a creak in their neck or they can't move their neck to the left and it takes three or four sessions intensely to get them better or they've come in with a really stiff back and they can't move they're the ones that you kind of have to dive into the the whole sort of biopsychosocial model which is sort of just a fancy term for say saying that we look into their so psychosocial uh, system from their from their psychological to their physical state they're the ones that we kind of tap into as well. So I think we'll see both of those kind of patient groups. And that's a reference from earlier where you mentioned people may not necessarily have become injured because of movement, but the wider elements of their life. So a change in working conditions, financial worries, relationship strains, etc. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you, you know, I've got headaches and when do your headaches come on? They come on when I sit down to do my first bit of work after trying to teach the my, my kids you know because they're at home as well you so you get you kind of seeing seeing all these all these links and going back to those who may not be as active as they were what kind of issues do you think they could start presenting with particularly from that lack of movement um yeah so like obviously it depends definitely age dependent as well unfortunately those who are a bit you know sort of in that plus 55 age group uh, lack of activity is going to have not just an impact on their musculoskeletal system, but definitely an impact on their their cardiac health and their their respiratory health. So that is very important for them to be aware of of getting regular physical activity for them. Um, I think the ones who, I think under the age of fifty five, and if they're not that physically active, um, I think they're just going to run into to 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 the similar acute stuff that we see and, and that goes back into like on uh, we see a quite acute rhinex which is where they just have really stiff necks and and acute uh lumbar spines you also might have 
they also might have previous history of injury that starts to become painful. So they might have a previous shoulder injury that might get stiff and get sore. Um, so they need to be aware of the, the that their previous history increases their likelihood of, a, of, of the same injury. I'd just like to finish off understanding what's happening in your practice. Uh, COVID-19 will not have suddenly cured all other reasons people go to the physiotherapist. Um, so are you still open and, and can you still be open? Yeah, I guess um, we are still open. Um, from a government perspective, they've considered it essential service and even chatting to some of my colleagues who work in the hospital, they, they're quite relieved and quite thankful that we actually are still open because they know and they're aware that it frees up the emergency departments. It means that patients who um, do present with neck pain or do present with, with back pain, that the majority of these, 98% of musculoskeletal presentations aren't serious. So they, we know that as, as healthcare professionals. So we know that they should really be showing up to, to the private practice in Bondi with their neck injury to see if it's serious, to see if it requires any further management rather than going through the emergency department where they might need scans, they might need a, one of the docs, or they're just sort of um, essentially taking up some of the opportunity for where, from which those healthcare professionals can be helping people with COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so we are still up and running, but we are applying some, some, some rules. So certain rules is we're spacing patients apart so that they don't necessarily have to wait in the, the waiting area. Um, I've encouraged some patients to wait outside, so I'll just go down and pick um, and, and get them and bring them up. We're very, very, very stringent about our infection control, so we're pumping a lot of money into hand, san hand sanitizers and, and, and cleaning equipment. And um, and then, yeah, we've, we're offering the opportunity of, of telehealth as well for, for some patients who, who, are, who do have comorbidities and perhaps are feeling a, should, would feel a bit safer at home. And how does telehealth work for those who don't know? So telehealth, we're, we're using Zoom. I think uh, like everybody else is kind of using Zoom, but I'm mainly encouraging it for most of my patients who've got some comorbidities. So they might have a respiratory issue. They might have a, um, a cardiac issue and you know they can't necessarily risk any sort of exposure whatsoever. So uh, just we phone in through Zoom. And um, it's actually kind of, it's a, it is a slightly more taxing if I say so myself because you do kind of have to think on the spot and there is a bit more lateral thinking to when you're kind of face to face. Uh, but it kind of cuts out the kind of you get straight to it. You kind of look exactly at what you need to look at. And I, I like I kind of like telehealth. It does break up the day a little bit. It is a bit different and patients kind of feel a bit more like they can air their grievances to them to you because they're in the comfort of their own home. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think they kind of they kind of take a little bit of charge, which is fine, because when they take a little bit of charge, they take a little bit of responsibility, and they get to actually really say, oh yeah, maybe you're, maybe you're right, I can see where you're coming from there, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's a really interesting perspective that I hadn't considered. Um, are there any challenges in terms of the fact that you're unable to be hands-on with telehealth patients? Yeah, yeah, good point, yeah. I mean, uh, like, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing as well in the sense some patients do need hands-on so for the ones that present acutely with an acute right neck like i said telehealth might not necessarily be the the best thing for them but uh, where it works well is it works well for those who have persistent injuries who just need sort of advice and education around what they need to do a, a discussion on their weekly structure from an exercise perspective a review of their exercise 
And it also is a great opportunity for those who are a little bit more reliant on the hands-on to actually realize that it's the exercises that actually get me better. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of like, oh, so I actually feel the exact same as I did without, you know, the manipulation that I got last week. And so, well, it just shows your exercises are just as effective. So I'm more than happy with that because it makes them a lot more, um, it let, lets them take a lot more ownership of their health yeah, and realize that they're, they're, in, they're in control. Yeah. So finally, Evan, a common phrase um, is that it takes around 30 days for something to become a habit. So perhaps now is literally the best time to test that out. So what would be some good habits people can start building that would be beneficial to them when they return to the office? Um, I think I sound kind of sound like a broken record, really, but I think um, the the keywords there would be sort of movement variability and just giving your body different stimuluses and allowing it to to adapt to those different stimulus. So what I mean by that is, you try something new, like if you if you seem to hell with it, you know. You, I think uh, so I heard just recently that somebody's asked their boyfriend to leave the room so they could pump the music really high so that they could they could exercise at their workout. So yeah, maybe you even want to who knows? Maybe you even want to do a little dance while you're there as well because the clubs and bars are closed. So, um, just do something, do something new, do something that you enjoy, do it for a certain amount of time, give yourself twenty four hours to recover, and then try something new again. Um, I think. That's really the, the only sort of advice I have in relation to, to keeping up your, your activity. And it, and it doesn't need to be big goals. You don't have to make grand gestures of running a marathon. Just keep that body moving. Yeah, you've reminded me now I have that, to read that book, Atomic Habits. Maybe, maybe I should have read it last week and I would have came up with some more practical <laughs> solutions for habits. But. We even got a book recommendation there. Yeah. Right Thanks so much for your time, Evan. No I'm worries. sure everyone listening to HPG Engage will be able to take something useful. Um, and to everyone listening for the last 30 minutes, thank you. Now go and do a little stretch or a little dance, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You can stream all our original podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud.